For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Crew, a New York Rangers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, joined by my good friend and co-host, Cody Frankel. First of all, just want to wish a happy Hanukkah to all the people that are celebrating. It's the first night as we're recording. And second of all, we are recording prior to the Rangers-Blackhawks game. Both of us have uh, you know, some busy nights tonight, so we wanted to make sure we can record. But we want everyone to know that we haven't watched the game yet. So before we do dive into anything, either... Yay, we're on a seven-game win streak, or fuck, I can't believe we lost to the Blackhawks. Cody, I'll kick it over to you. Yeah, we, we can't be losing to the Blackhawks again. <laughs> we'll, we'll start with it as simple as that, but uh, yeah, how was, how was your weekend? You had a fun little weekend. Yeah, I had a good weekend, and also, I, I should note, too, we have a great interview today with Jackie Redman, host of the NHL awesome. Network. She hosts so much different shit. She's actually just, like, unbelievable. We had a great time talking to her. Um, yeah. My weekend was good. I went to the restaurant 12 Chairs on Friday night and Saturday night. Had some friends over. You went uh, there both nights? Well, we catered it on Friday night to the apartment, and then I went there on Saturday night. Um, and I'm pretty honestly, I don't know if you hear my voice, but I'm pretty shot right now. Like, I, I'm also just like, you know, like tomorrow, it's like, all right, everyone kind of just fucks off till the holidays, right? Like, mm. these next two weeks are kind of just like, you know, like, every, like no one really wants to do so much, but like, at yeah. the same time, like, yeah. you got to get your shit done before the new year. So yeah, it's like a sure. weird two week span here. How was your weekend though? I know you had a little getaway. My weekend was sick. Um, yeah, it was really good. I, I went away with the wife and, you know, we went to uh, Kingston, which is like upstate New York by like Woodstock. Mm-hmm. Um, it was awesome, man. We stayed at a boutique hotel. Uh, did you go to it, camp? No, we didn't end up going to camp. Oh, um, forgot to ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we didn't know if we'd have enough time, but we're, we're going to make a trip there eventually. But, uh, but yeah, it was sick. Last night we went to some uh, bar. It was it was like one of the coolest bars I've ever seen. Um, explain. It was, yeah, it explain. It was just why. like I, I have a picture. Um, I have a picture of inside, but like basically mm. outside had super nice fire pits, like super mm. nice like glass fire pits. It was really cool. Um, it, it's definitely like uh, you know, kind of similar vibes probably to like Talk House, Summertime, like okay that. But um, here I don't know if you could see it, but this was the inside. It was sick. Oh, that is cool. I, yeah. I should. I think Jackie might have posted a picture of it. I think. I might yeah, have saw yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So it was um, really cool. Um, it was a really good time, and and the food up there was great. The people were great. Um, yeah, it was just really all in all really good. But yeah, I mean, that being said, I think we could talk some Rangers, right? Yeah. No, and uh, the winning streak is continuing. I think. Uh, I don't want to change all my opinions because I'm still not necessarily sold that this team is like gonna keep it up. You know, you're a fraud, um, but they are. I'm a they fraud. Are. Yeah, you're a fraud. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. No, they're for sure gonna keep it up. Like I said, never had any, uh, you know, any doubt there. I knew they'd pick it up sooner or later. And 
I think this is a good hockey team. I think they yeah. just needed to like switch things up a little bit. And, you know, everybody's been asking for a long time, like put the kid line together or so I think it was just a matter of finding the right combinations. And I think GG knew that. And he even said something about like, he didn't want to keep switching the lines, but he felt he had to do something there. And mm. I agree. I mean, I think, you know, there comes a time where you can only go with your big guys so much, but if they're not producing, you've got to switch it up and, and give some other players some chances. So it's been working out the last six games and man, they've beaten, you know, three top three, top five teams in these last six games. So very, very good looking coming into this week and, um, you know, into obviously, uh, this week's slate, we, as Johnny mentioned, we didn't watch the Blackhawks game, um, that we would already have the results at, you know, mm. this time, but I, I think they're looking good. <laughs> I think they're looking good. Want to hear a crazy stat about the win streak also? Yeah. In the Rangers last five games, obviously also, this is not including the Blackhawks game. They've only had five power play attempts. That's crazy. Isn't That's that, crazy. isn't that pretty wild? Like they're not yeah. getting, they're, they're not scoring getting even strength. And they're yeah, scoring they're, even strength goals. You know, they're winning games, and it's it's not them relying on the power play to get it done. Like, sure, the power play is scoring goals when they do have a chance. Um, let me just look at the stat quick. They've scored in those oh, it might be four games actually. Four, yeah, five power play chances in four games, and they've scored two out of those five. Uh, two out of the five power oh, plays. Dude, it's not crazy to say the Rangers got their swagger back. I think it's. You know, well, I think also we can talk about Keandre Miller. That goal he scored last night against Philly was disgusting. fucking sick. And disgusting. he he needed to get his his swagger back a little bit yeah. too because I think he had, you know, arguably the highest expectations, I think, out of anyone mm. coming to the season, maybe aside from Igor Shosturkin. But yeah, Miller has definitely not taken off this year like I think a lot of us anticipated. But maybe that goal can I say something? Going. Yeah, can I say something? I, I think your podcast. You can say whatever you want. Thank you so much, sir. Um, <laughs> I think a good amount of that might be attributing and coming from Truba. I, I'm being honest. Like I hate to say it, but like you think he's bringing him down. Yeah, he has been so awful that it's like you know when when somebody's slacking a lot and like you don't pick up the slack. I I feel like you kind of stoop to their level a little bit. And I don't know. Maybe he got lazy. Maybe he needed a change of pace. Whatever. But he's he's looked good the last three or four games he's looked really good and then last night that goal i don't know if you heard the interview but he said he blacked out a little bit mm -hmm. um it was you know it was pretty it was pretty funny and and he does that i feel like once or twice a year where he'll, he'll just what? have the craziest goal like the mm -hmm. most he did it last year he did the year before like he just has the craziest goal and then it's like he kind of comes back to reality a little bit but you see the flash of like greatness mm -hmm. and i mean if this guy can you know be that type of defenseman where he can give that to us more consistently. Oh my goodness gracious. Is he going to be good for us? Well, that's what I, I, you know, I think the point I was trying to make was that he is so effective when he's on, mm -hmm. like, honestly, I would argue that Keandre Miller is, you know, probably one of the most noticeable players on the, like if, if not every shift, like when he is on his game, like, you know, when he's out there, like last year we saw so many flashes of it. And mm -hmm. I think this year, you know, not to add pressure, but I think it is a contract year for him, right? Like his, yeah. his entry level deal is coming up. So maybe that's added pressure. I don't know. Or, or, you know, to your point, maybe Truba's play is kind of bringing him down a little bit, but man, like Keandre Miller last year, we were talking about him potentially being a, you know, future Norris candidate. And now I feel like that hasn't even been a conversation, but I think, you know, a goal like this just gets you so much. You see the potential. He can get yeah. Going. yeah. And that you was a great individual effort all yeah. around. Like he made the play in the D zone and then, you know, to fall yeah. down, get back up, and go back and forehand on Carter Hart, who's been really good this year, honestly, was just yeah. 
Yeah, no, you're not wrong. And you did mention he's on a contract year. And that's something that I wanted to discuss before we go into fan questions. We have very tough decisions to make this summer. Uh, we talked about it a little bit with Jackie, where the cap's only going up a million dollars, which sucks, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's going to be really tough. And I know it's far away, but it's every month it's getting closer, right? In in September, we were like, oh, we're not going to talk about it until later. Like we're now almost in January and they're going to have to make decisions soon. Um, the trade deadline's still a ways away, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. They could look to deal one of our three young guys to get back a different type of return because- I just don't know how they are possibly going to figure out a way to keep Lafreniere, Keandre, and Heedle all on this roster next year when we're already tight on the cap as is and we're not going to have much money. Like The only way I personally can see something like happening and, and getting these guys to stay is like moving that Truba contract, moving a type of Kreider contract. Like Even Goudreau would help a little because you can kind of swap one in. But I just don't see any of these guys moving. Like it's gonna nobody's gonna take on Truba. I don't even know if I would take on Truba if I was another GM if if the Rangers offered me a first round pick. Like I don't even know if I would take on Truba's contract. Would you? Mm-hmm. I, it's hard to it's hard to say you would, like, right? Like right. It's, there, there there's nothing I can even say to kind of back it up. You know, it's I, I have to I have to agree with you. I don't have any counter argument. Yeah. So it's it's really it's really tough. And I would say at this point, like Loff hasn't taken off how we we'd hoped, right? Like, cause yeah. he's not getting power play one time, whatever, but he's still playing like decent. He does have his flashes where he's just absolutely non-existent, but he's still playing decent. And I think at this point, like the Rangers would be smart to look to try and lock him up. Right. To if they do want to lock him up, assuming he wants to play for us. Like, well, yeah. Do you want to talk about that a little bit or I don't want to go off, you know, off path, but. I know that was a conversation we wanted. Yeah, to have. yeah, we can talk about that. The only thing I, I want to say is like, it, if they're gonna lock him up long term, like they'll probably be smart to look to do it in like the fours at this point, like four point five million, like a Strom type contract, whatever. I feel like Keandre would be a little lower, maybe. Just, and then, and then you have Heedle as well, and Heedle's like easily played himself into a new contract, so. Yeah. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be really interesting. And and Drury really has his work cut out for him because I have no idea what route he is going to go. And I don't envy him because I think whatever route he's going to go, fans are not going to be happy because I just can't see Truba or Kreider or even Goudreau who has like, I I think he has like a 12 team, no trade or something like I I can't see any of these guys moving or, or waving it to move when they're about, you know, the Rangers have a chance to win the cup. So, um, that being said, yeah, let's, let's go into, uh, you know, Lafreniere a little bit. So take it away. Well, I know we were talking about it at the game that we were at. We, Cody and I went to the Leafs game and I don't want to necessarily say he like looks disinterested because obviously we've seen his personality come through and, you know, he's a very upbeat kid and you can kind of see that and get distracted is the right word. No, I I think just like, he's just not that like noticeable. I, I don't yeah. know. Well, that's like, what I said. He goes missing from time to time. Yeah. Like he has, he he's, I, I've said this since he's been a ranger. He's a very easy guy to like knock off the puck. Like you see him going in, but that's just him being young but, still. But I'm you saying know? like, like regardless, like you see him making plays and, and, you know, trying to make plays, whatever. And then like, he just doesn't follow things through. I feel like. Almost. Yeah. I think it's the, the battle level, like the competitiveness. Yeah. yeah. Just the intensity there. Intensity is probably the best word. Like, yeah. You know, in that first him? round, <laughs> Yo, I, I was gonna say, should we ask him what grit means to him? Literally, we'll, we'll <laughs> be him. 
But um, you know, I, I think we've we've talked about it on on here before. Like, you know, last year Laf was like I think maybe our second leading hitter. Yeah. Um, and he played so aggressive, and it was really noticeable in that Penguin yeah. series. You know, yeah. he he was everywhere, all yeah. over the ice. And yeah. I think for whatever reason this year, you haven't seen much of that. I don't I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's confidence. I, I really don't have the answer. But all I know is like. I remember, you know, last year I was on the campaign, like Lafreniere is the prettiest skater in the league because he was just so noticeable. And yeah. now, you know, I, I'm like, fuck, like, did he even have a scoring chance in this game? Like, I don't, you know, it's just, you're not, you're yeah, not as yeah much. you're not wrong. You're not wrong one bit. And, and something that I wonder is like, we know he didn't break out last year, right? He didn't have the yeah. year everybody was hoping he would have and so on, but he was a very physical type of player. And I'm almost wondering if he maybe tried to change that a little bit this year and tweak something so that he could break out and become that, you know, generational superstar that everybody was hoping he would be. So I'm almost wondering if maybe he tweaked something like gave up a little bit of the physical play, but was more so pushing towards like the skill and, and the prettiness type of play that's the only thing i can think of like i i don't know what else it could be no me either and and just uh you know he, he's not really shooting I, he's not shooting a lot like mm. like i i don't know i just i don't see what i saw a lot last year i'm just trying to look at he's the to be on power play one man i i i'm still gonna campaign that regardless that trocheck scored that goal the other night i i still think lafreniere needs to be on power play one and if not like if some crazy thing happens and he does leaves just some other team is going to put him on power play one. So, yeah. you know, I said it the other night, like he's on pace. He would be on pace for over 50 points if he was on power play one. So like, I, I don't see why, uh, you know, I, I know Gallant doesn't want to keep changing things, but I would argue that would, that would help him give him his confidence back yeah. or whatever he's lost. Like that will help him help him get there. And I really don't want to harp on this too much. I mean, he is, you know, He's a great player and and he can be an excellent player, but I fucking love him. I love him. I love him. And I want him to be here for a really long time. I think, you know, it, it's, it's a bad year for this to happen to him because this is the year the Rangers have to make decisions. And like, no matter what decision they make, whether it's Keandre, Heedle, Loff, anyone else, like it's not going to be looked good upon for fans unless it's Jacob Truba. And it's, I'm telling you right now, there is zero team in this league, no team that is going to take on Truba's contract, even if it's with a first round pick. Like I just don't see it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I, I, I think we're just going to have to wait out and see like, yeah. you know, and, and I know I say that all the time because I hate talking about contracts and trades and all that. You're a baby. Yeah. Well, until it actually has to happen. Like, everything's you know it's all hypothetical but like you know people love having that conversation like we have fans you, you know, have our, to our, have that conversation our listeners yeah our listeners saying. ask us about fucking contracts every week so like you know it's just it's just the conversation you got to have i'm just it's just not where i uh put my focus i guess but um go do you want to go into yeah. you go fan questions okay yeah, yeah um so the first one we got i think it's actually a new listener pete maloney 82 okay. who's y'all's favorite players mm. you want to start yeah i i think you know, my, my favorite two have always been Panarin and Mika. Um, those will always be my one and two. Um, I would say three is like, it's probably Lafreniere. Um, mm -hmm. Just Starkin is a close fourth. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I love everyone. Like I love every, most, mostly everyone I should say on this team. Mm -hmm. um, but in terms of like my guys, yeah, I would say Panarin, and Mika and, and probably Laf. Mm -hmm. For me, I think, Box Lafreniere, 
Um, and and this year maybe third, I'll give Julian Gauthier. He's been uh, that's ridiculous. Um, he's been a, and, and like obviously when when Jonesy's up, he's there too. But like, yeah, I, I don't know. I've I've always kind of uh, you know in high school I had an Artem Anisimov jersey. Like I've never really been always been a weirdo. Too. Yeah, no, we get yeah, it. Yeah, no, I just I, I don't love like I, I you know I, I don't fall in love with the best players in the team. I like to pick the guy. Well, you know, obviously you can say Foxy's probably one of the best on the team, but um. I've always been drawn to like the Foxy and Igor. You say the two most talented guys on the team. I didn't say Igor, but I've oh, always been drawn to like the middle. Wait, who did you say second? Lafreniere. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, you know, you know, I love Laf. Yeah, um, we all. I have his jersey, man. I, yeah. I need it. I need this kid to be a stud so I could rock it wherever I go. You know what I mean? That's facts. Um, do you want to go the next one? Yeah. Okay, this one's from Perry Kunavelis. What does Philip Hedl's future with the team look like? Is he moved at the deadline or is he resigned? I mean, we just, we just talked about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, I'll go into it a little bit again. Is he moves the- before you do? Yeah. If anyone has the most value at the deadline, it's got to be him. Oh, n- no question about no it. No doubt, right? No okay. question about it. Yeah. I mean, he's he showed what he can do in the playoffs. He showed he's not only can he do that in the playoffs, but he's a clutch player. He scored the mm-hmm. OT winner. Like, he's a legitimate clutch player, and those are hard to come by. Um, you know, another guy like you look at like that is is – I don't even want to say it, but like, um, there, you know, I, I was going to say, uh, and I'm not comparing Heedle to this guy. So, so oh, we God. all get it. So we all put it on, on the record. I'm not comparing him to this guy, but another player who is very clutch when his team needs him is Sidney Crosby. Okay. So, Oh God, you're going to kill for that. No, I'm not because I said, I'm not comparing kill. him whatsoever. I'm just saying Heedle is a clutch player and there's not that many clutch players in the league who come. You're going to get fucking who destroyed else? for that. Who else? Who else? Huh? All right. Kill me. Whatever. <laughs> who, who who else can you think of? Like I'm trying to think. There, there was a guy. Uh, I mean, Crosby's like clutch. a clutch. TJ Oshie's clutch. TJ Oshie's a guy yeah. who, who back in the day I would say is clutch too. But Crosby was just the first guy who came to mind. But like I'd say Gensel even too. Gensel's clutch. clutch. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, I, and again, we're not comparing to any of these players. Logan Couture maybe. Who? Logan Couture. He's pretty mm, clutch. Mm, maybe. He's a center. Um, or he's actually I think he plays wing. Yeah, he plays wing, but maybe, but. Um, regardless, I, I just don't think there's too many clutch players in the league. And I, I think having one such as Heedle on our team, like that's incredibly important. Um, uh, he's going to be incredibly valuable at the deadline. I'm just laughing at you. Fuck you, dude. Um, <laughs> I just, I just know people are going to be tweeting like, no, because the difference is I clarify things instead of you being like, yeah, Lafreniere and Heedle could be the next Crosby and Latang. Like Latang's <laughs> a defenseman, dude. What are you doing? Um, no, but, uh, yeah, but anyways, I don't know, man. I don't think he's going to get moved at the heat. Uh, I at the heatle. Um, I don't think he's going to get moved at the deadline. I just don't see it. They need him for the stretch run, regardless. Mm. Um, that being said, I feel like they're gonna, you know, and I've been a heatle hater for a long time. My stance has changed on him ever since the Penguin series. Um, I think he's this team needs him. This team needs him now, and and I think he's, uh, you know, I think they got to resign him. Like, fine, I I would lock him up to a four or five year deal, honestly. Mm. Can they do that? Uh, yeah. Do they have yeah, the they space? Can. No, they, they have the sp- they right now. They have the space to probably sign two out of the three guys, and that's only because Keandre and Loff haven't taken off how they should have yet. Mm-hmm. So that's the only reason. Um, that being said, there there's no chance they can sign all three without moving some type of money. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. let's go into the next one. Um, good stuff on that one. Very well Got said, you, baby. So this one's from Maddie McFly, the chosen one. Mm. Did the fan base take the mediocre start too hard? 
I know Johnny did. Um, Me? I was defending Gerard Gallant the whole time. Uh, yeah, you want to you want to kick? Yeah, I mean, listen. It's New York sports fans. We overreact about everything. Mm-hmm. Like that's just this is how it is. Like you Knicks know, fans are tweaking right now, and they're yeah. they won six straight, and they're Next still gonna they're still gonna finish thirty seven and fifty two. Like <laughs> MSG's been buzzing right now with the Rangers and Knicks, but I I think you know it's just it's just part of being in New York, and you just mm-hmm. expect greatness always. And yeah. you know, we, Cody and I were saying that the Rangers were like eleven, ten, and five, and and you wanted the coach fired. Like you know, it's really at the end of the day, like that's not yeah. a bad record at all. So. Um, listen, Ranger fans, we always take things a little too hard. I think when, when they're negative, but yeah. the positive is also, I think we overstretch. So like, you know, last year we thought this team was the greatest team in the world, which, you know, obviously they were amazing, but like when it comes down to the grand scheme of things, like, you know, this was the team we had, you know, we yeah. just had a goalie that was fucking incredible. Um, and he's getting back to that too, which is huge. So listen, I think that's the part of, uh, you know, being a fan, that's most fun. You get to kind of over-exaggerate when things are good and when things are bad. And, um, you know, it's something that I kind of just expect from Ranger fans. But I think, like, to that same point, I think we have to be a little bit reasonable. Like, you know, when when fans are saying trade Panarin, like, that's just fucking stupid, you know? So, yeah, um, that's my answer to that. I don't know if you want to follow up with that. No, nah, you, uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. I don't really have more to add. Um, I think that Johnny pretty much covered it. Okay, so let's go into the last one. This is from NY Rocky 93. Mm. Loyal listener. Good Drew, a top six player. Wasn't a fan at first, but he's made me eat my words. LOL. Yeah, I think I don't think he's a top six player, uh, regardless. Um, but I think right now it makes a little bit more sense to have him on the top six. The thing about Good and I said it either last week or two weeks ago, he's a very good plug and play player. Um, you know, a guy who if you need him for a couple games to play on the line one, he can do it. If you need him to play on line two, he can do it. Three, he can do it. And four, he can do it. So kind of how you say it in like baseball, he's a great utility player, right? He can play all different positions. He can play all different lines. So he's an incredibly valuable guy right now, um, especially as we don't have that top six guy based on how our lines have looked. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I would personally make the argument to put Jimmy VC on line one because he has been tearing it up these last few games. He's well, that's also still- how they started the season. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I think he's looked really good. I, I, I think he's especially got his swagger back. Uh, he found his mojo again with the Rangers. Um, you know, I hope it continues for him. He was a very highly touted player once upon a time. And uh, that would be my argument for, for putting a guy on, on the first line. But uh, yeah, I mean, Goudreau is not a top six player. Yeah, it is I, is the moral of the story. <laughs> I completely agree. I, I don't think Barclay Goudreau, not not like doesn't deserve it, but I don't think mm-hmm. he really you know belongs in the top six. Um, yeah. You know, I think last year was his career high year. He had thirty three points last year. Like you know, anyone who's putting up thirty three points, like you know, obviously if you're, unless you're like a young rookie in the league, like yeah. shouldn't really be in the top six. But um, listen, he's a great player. He does a lot of things well. He hasn't been at his best this season, but he played. Really well against the Flyers. Had a beautiful goal, beautiful assist to Panarin. So, mm. um, you know, if he can produce in the first line, keep him there until he doesn't. You know, that's my opinion. But I, I don't think he really is a top six player, like, at all. Yeah, um, not bad. But that's all we got for fan questions. Any final thoughts before we go into our interview with Jackie Redmond? Nah, great interview. Uh, you guys are really going to like it. And uh, that's that. All right, let's kick it over to Jackie. This week on the Blue Crew, we are honored to have on a new friend of mine, new friend of the show, 
if you know hockey, you know her. She's probably the queen bee, the face of NHL media, but also <laughs> does some WWE stuff. Welcome to the show, our friend Jackie Redmond. Jackie, what's going on? I'm so excited to hang out with you guys. How's it going? I mean, I would be more excited if we were coming off of a Leafs win over the Rangers. Okay. <laughs> oh. I'm not going to pretend and be fake for the audience. I know the audience here is <laughs> Rangers all the way, but I will I will eat crow today after a Leafs loss and a, and a solid performance by your New York Rangers. But I'm excited to be here. So before we do talk shit about the Leafs-Rangers game last <laughs> night, which which honestly I thought was kind of a boring game, Cody and I went together. Yeah. It is time to be real. So I know you love to do be real. And I just I just got my, I just got mine, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do it right now. I got my notification while I was putting my lashes on, and I had one lash on and one lash off, and I was like, "Should I?" And That's I was super like, real of you, right? It would have been very real uh-huh. of you, but I'm not quite there yet. I okay. waited like ten minutes so I could do it now. So I'm t- I'm doing mine literally right now. So give us give us some guys, Cody, <laughs> <laughs> doofus ass smile. I'm um, real, but yeah. So the late the game last night, Cody and I were there. Not too exciting. Uh, you know, but people are debating like right now, I guess we're a little biased. You're probably a little biased. If you had to pick who is the better team between the two Rangers and Leafs right now, who would you say is the better team to this point of the season? Oh, I, I would say to this point of the season, it's the Leafs just because of their record and the and mm-hmm. the run that they just went on. I mean, they don't lose in regulation for over a month. I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due for that. But on the whole, I think it's a fair question in terms of talking about projecting the rest of the season, only because I think we know exactly what we're getting from Igor Shosturkin, right? Like, that's a bona fide stud. And it's no disrespect to Matt Murray or Samsonov, who have had great seat. I mean, they've actually been ridiculously good as a tandem. But I just wonder, is this going to last for a full 82-game slate and then into the postseason? And, like, Murray is always this guy that could get hurt, right? So for me... When I look at the goaltending, if I'm going, where do I feel more solid and more confident? It's actually with Shesterkin, even though he had a slower start to the season and is just kind of finding his groove now. I just feel like I would have more faith in him over the, the big picture than I would. Mm-hmm. The Leafs goaltending still makes me nervous. Like, guys get close to Murray, and I'm like, oh, God, don't, <laughs> don't get hurt. Yeah. He's like plastic bubble wrapping. <laughs> yeah yeah so we'll we'll see how it plays out in the long term but um i think both teams are very exciting and i was surprised actually that it was such a low event hockey game last night because we're getting close to the holiday the leafs have been on a ridiculous tear so i was like they're due to like make some mistakes and be a little sloppy which should open the game up and it should be wild like six four finish or something like that mm-hmm. and we got the complete opposite like we got such a low scoring game compared to what's going on in the league right now. Like how often do we get that? Not yeah. Really. And it, it's fun. It's funny. You say that. Cause Johnny and I usually do predictions and we both predicted like Johnny's so rude and he didn't even ask about your background and you know, stuff like that. So, <laughs> I'll, so I'll jump in and uh, I would love to know, you know, how do you find your love for sports? Um, I obviously absolutely have to ask how different is your approach when, you know, working with, the NHL and WWE because they really couldn't be more different. Um, so I would love to, you know, hear a little bit about that. Um, well, I'll start with the first question, which is where does my love of sports come from? So when I was a kid, I played everything under the sun, including hockey, mm-hmm. um, hockey and baseball were my main sports, but I was a pretty big tomboy as a kid. My sister and I both were. Um, so I think I just, was a competitive kid. I played a lot of sports and then I have a really, really solid relationship with my dad. Shout out Steve-O. And so when I was a kid, I would watch Leafs games and Jays games with him. 
And as I got older and was staying up later and was making it to the end of the game, I just wanted to keep going. And my dad is one of those fans that listens to sports talk radio and would listen to those post-game call-in shows where people would call in and ask questions, crazy, some logical. And so as I got older, I would stay up with him and I would listen to those shows. And over time, um, I think it just grew my love of the Leafs and just hockey in general. Yeah. Um, over time, kind of in a subconscious way. And then for me, like, I didn't realize this when I was nine, but as I have succeeded in my career and kind of gotten to where I'm at now, I've realized that like my dad in those days would like turn down the radio. And let's say the question was like, should Darcy Tucker be playing with Matt Sundin, which happened at one point um, mm -hmm. on the same line. And so he would turn down the radio and we would talk about it together. Oh, that's and he great. would just treat me like one of his boys. And he just was like, he was just a huge fan. We would have talked to the wall if I wasn't there. But I think just subconsciously, he kind of instilled in me this idea that like, I can be in this conversation and I can have an opinion about this. Mm -hmm. And so as I got older, and I found myself, you know, getting in arguments <laughs> in high school with different people about what was going on with the Leafs of the Jays. Um, I kind of was like, oh, maybe like I should follow this. Like I seem to hold my own and I'm more comfortable talking about this than anything else. Like that was yeah. the most comfortable I ever was in high school when everything is so awkward and everyone's trying to fit in. Like I felt most myself when I was just shooting the shit about hockey so that's kind of where it all started and how it sort of came to be is really at the core of it is just my my tight relationship with my dad and then the second question was wwe versus nhl yep yeah oh my gosh so funny like i love covering wrestling and wwe is the thing i love about it is that there is never a dull interview in wwe right. mm -hmm. it's like these are <laughs> performers and so when they get that two minutes they're like, this is my chance to sell. Like I can sell myself here. If I can sell myself over time and sell more merchandise and put people in the seats because they want to see me, then I'm going to get paid more. I'm going to have a better career. I'm going to hang around, yada, yada, yada. So they are just firing on all cylinders when it comes to doing spots. The complete For fucking hockey, opposite. <laughs> it's a lot yeah. harder. And I get it because, you know, they're fighting for something and they're focused on the game and they're taught from a very young age to, you know, talk about the team and, and act a certain way. Although I do think we are starting to transition out of that. I don't know mm -hmm. if you guys agree, but I feel like even in sports broadcasting too, you look at the last 10 years specifically, it has changed so dramatically what it means to, to be a sportscaster. You don't have to be a hardcore journalist or an insider to make it as a non-former player or coach anymore in sports broadcasting. If you can be a personality or bring something to the table that maybe someone else can't, then you can actually have a really, really successful career with a network or on the internet. So I love that about our industry. And I think we're seeing it a little, little bit in yeah. hockey as well. Guys just more willing to kind of show who they are and do photo shoots and walk their cat and like whatever it walk is and like talk about it. You know what I mean? So, and yeah. I love that because I think that that, you know, the speed can sell the game, the skill can sell the game and that's all good and well, but people need to feel connected to you and they need mm -hmm. to relate to you on some level or not relate to you. Like who walks a cat, but like it's something <laughs> to just be like, Oh, I can, I can connect with this individual because they, 
love the office and I love the office and I love hearing this person talk about that. So um, I hope it just continues to get better and better and better because it absolutely does not take away from the team first mentality to talk about your favorite fucking TV show. So yeah. it's like, do it more. Yeah. And something I always loved about wrestling and I, I wasn't a big wrestling fan growing up. I didn't up, even know you were a wrestling fan. No, no, I wasn't. <laughs> but one thing I always like admired in their performances is when they were, whenever they're talking, just their pauses and then the stares were just incredible. Like in between <laughs> each sentence was just so amazing. And I always admired that. Yeah, they can, um, they can cut a promo. That's for sure. And yeah. the best in the business are, are insanely good at it. I mean, the right. rock is one of the best of all time. John Stone Cena Cold too. Steve, yeah. John Cena, um, Stone Cold Steve Austin. So um, I agree with you. I just love a good stare down in WWE. Yeah. I don't know shit about wrestling, so I can't really <laughs> contribute. So I'm just going to transition. Do you, like else. When, do you like when sports crowds chant? Yeah. Okay, He's so very anti WWE because they do that a ton. Like, they come <laughs> up with all these different chants, and they're very much a, a hot crowd, as we say in wrestling, mm -hmm. is always amazing because they become like a part of the show, much like, you know, when Tavares went back to Long Island mm -hmm. for the first time with the crowd. Mm -hmm. that, that was like WWE esque, the way that that game went down. Not to go back into Leafs Rangers, but I actually did see some discourse on Twitter today about Leafs fans like loving the Rangers goal song and wanting it to, it to be more like interactive with the fans. And that was like a big debate I saw on Twitter today because in my like, you know, biased opinion, the Rangers goal song is the best in the league. But listen, I don't want to be a traitor, but yeah. I will. Uh, mm -hmm. I hate the Leafs goal song. <laughs> <And> <laughs> with I, think, the I, notes? I just think like it's 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 tired. Like they've been yeah. doing it for a long time. I right. think into this season, it was like, all right. The big question is, are the Leafs different? Can they be different? Like, let's change some of the mojo up a little bit. So to go back mm. to the same goal song, I think a lot of fans were disappointed by that. And I think, I don't think I'm alone. I think there's a solid section of Leafs fans that already don't like, and not that they don't like the song, they just don't like it as the goal song yeah. for the Leafs. And yeah. so I'm not surprised that there's some compliments going around for the Rangers school song because it is, it's catchy. Yeah, I go to Rangers games. It's hard not to get into it and start like bopping along when it plays and being a part of it. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's Rangers won the game. They also have a better goal song. Like let's, <laughs> I got to cap it there. I can't, the no more compliments. Mm -hmm. I do have a heavy hitting one though for you. And yeah. you know, something that I, I like about you a lot is that, you know, you are kind of a traditionalist when it comes to the sport of hockey, but you also are very open to new ideas and right. new ways of thinking. Right. And something like around this time of year that I always think about is, you know, Thanksgiving, you kind of think about the NFL and having staggered games. Christmas yeah. Day, you have the NBA with their staggered games and the holidays and, and like, you know, ways to rally a family on the couch and watch a sport all day. Like for me, I love the bubble because there was hockey on all fucking day. Isn't the bubble awesome? I mean, I was working, <laughs> but I just was so jealous because I was <laughs> in the bubble doing every single game. Like I was doing a pregame uh -huh. hit and a postgame hit for every game, 12, 4, 8. It was the hardest I've ever worked in my entire uh -huh. life. But I remember seeing Twitter and just being like, oh, like I want to be on my couch dreaming <laughs> and just watching the games. Like I'm so grateful for what I do, but I just felt I had serious FOMO, like watching everyone else just kick up their feet and watch hockey all day long. Well, to that point, I feel like the NHL right now, you, you can kind of argue that we own New Year's Day with the Winter Classic, but yeah. those other sports, like like I said, the NBA owns Christmas Day, the NFL owns Thanksgiving. What can the NHL do to maybe, I know there was like a talk about rivalries coming back a little bit more uh, next season, but what do you think or, or what's an idea maybe that you have in the back of your head that the NHL can do 
to have like one day a year where there's just staggered games all day and the fans are like, this is our day. I think the question becomes what day do they do it? Because uh-huh. Christmas Day is off the table. American Thanksgiving is off the table because you're not going to you're not going to try to go toe to toe with two very established traditions for sports fans. So, like, what day is it for hockey? Is it New Year's Day? Does, but then it takes away from the Winter Classic. So you can't yeah. really do that. Although the Winter yeah. Classic is on the second this year. So that's kind is of a true? football. Yeah, it's on Monday oh, yeah. the 2nd. So I don't know why. I've not really looked into it, but it's on the 2nd. Mm-hmm. So maybe New Year's Day is a day that you could do it. Um, but I think it's just when, like, when do you do it and how do you do it? When are, when are all hockey fans going to be not working and at home and available, I guess, would be that logistically, I think would probably be the biggest thing, but they should absolutely figure out a way to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only if we played hockey in July, but, uh, <laughs> you know, Canada but, uh, day would be a good day. To do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah I was- <laughs> that's free agents. Oh no, that's July. Yeah. July 1st. I yeah. don't know when Canadian Thanksgiving is, but I feel like that could be some some sort well, of Well, you know event. what? It, that's actually not a bad idea because Canadian Thanksgiving is always the first like week in October, depending like where the weekend falls. Sometimes mm. it's like there's a couple days of October and then it's Thanksgiving. And sometimes it's like there's Thanksgiving and then October starts. Anyways, point being, it is always <laughs> like right in the first week of the NHL season. So that'd be a great way to be like, hockey's back. Let's mm-hmm. watch games all day long yeah. on Canadian Thanksgiving. Like, maybe that's not a bad idea. It's like a um, kickoff to the NHL season. Yeah. We'll pitch it. Yeah. All right. I, I, I want to ask one here. I promise you Rangers fans will not hate you regardless of what you choose. Uh-oh. But you have three incredibly, you know, dynamic and young teams right now in the Rangers, Devils, and Islanders. Mm-hmm. Um, they all have dynamic core groups right now. So if you had to rank the three in order on who mm-hmm. you build your future around, for the next five years, who would you go with? Ah, um, Definitely oh not man, that. I am going to get hate <laughs> for this one. I just know it. Um, okay, so <sighs> no disrespect to the Islanders, but they're going to be in my three spot. Yeah, they're the easy out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, oh. I'm like, <laughs> the Isles Twitter like is fierce. Hard yeah. Yeah. So I'm really sorry. <laughs> I will turn off my mentions and not look at them for a little bit <laughs> uh, after this goes out. But yeah, so Islanders in the three spot. <sighs> Rangers and Devils is hard, but I'm going to go Rangers one, Devils two, because I consider Shesterkin a part of that core. Mm-hmm. And for me, like that's that's the next factor. Like that's it yeah. for me. Like that's what makes or break it, makes or breaks it. Uh, we had the conversation the other day on on NHL Now, and people are going to hate this in New York. Uh, who's the biggest star in New York? And I was trying to make the case that it's actually Jack Hughes, like New York metro area. And I know he's in Jersey, but if you live around here, you know it's all kind of like lumped into one. Yeah, New York yeah. metro area. And I was like, I don't know. I think Jack Hughes, like right now in this moment, not overall, not in like comparing careers, but I think like right now in this moment, like he might be the most exciting mm-hmm. young player in the New York metro area for me. He, but he's also just the fucking man. Like he is. <laughs> yeah, like, he I, is. Love, I love him. This is the case I tried to make because I, you know, I was talking to the guys from Missing Curfew, and they're like, it's gotta be someone on Broadway. Like, there's nothing like the big apple. And I'm like, I get it. And Panarin's amazing and a hell yeah. of a mm-hmm. player, obviously. But Jack Hughes just has this like swagger about him, the way he he looks like a star. He has an amazingly um, like skillful game. He goes highlight reel. His yeah. interviews are off the hook. It's like mm. he's got all of the things to make 
a superstar. He, he's yeah. for sure a very, very talented player. Me, Cody shits on me because I love me him. being Rangers <laughs> biased. I, I would, I would go, you know, I would go one A, one B. Jack Hughes and Igor right now, just because yeah. on the sense that. Igor literally can put the team on his back. And when he if played, this was last year, I would have said Igor. Yeah. To answer the, yeah. like, who's the biggest star in the New York yeah. country. It would have been Igor. Mm-hmm. If there wouldn't have been anyone close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I, I see the argument for it for sure. So, uh, but listen, at least we'll, we'll take the win where we can on, on you giving the Rangers number one. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, to, I want to build out that. Like, a big thing with the Rangers as well. And you know what? Like you can make this case for the devils. They have a couple of first overall picks. Like they have some very mm-hmm. high picks in their squad too, that are coming into their own. But I think watching the Rangers, there's, I don't want to say there's more pressure on the Rangers, but there is like, right. there just is right. because right. of who they are as a team. Um, but it's nice to see Capo and laugh and these guys sort of kind of figuring out a way to take that next step, which is going to be yeah. huge. If the team's going to do anything legitimate totally. this year. Well, speaking of pressure, I think everyone can agree that, you know, before last season, I think as far as superstars that need to win a cup go, Nathan McKinnon probably had the most pressure out of anybody, even yeah. even over McDavid and over Matthews and and all those guys, just because his longevity in the league. He's been but around now. Longer. What's up? It's just that because he's been around longer, right? Yeah, exactly. So now, you know, it's it's such an interesting argument, and I feel like this would be something that you would love to dive into, also, just because. There is so much pressure individually on McDavid, I feel like, to win a Stanley Cup, but there's also that added pressure for Matthews to win a cup just because of where he is. So now that McKinnon's got his, who do you think in the league has like that, you know, monkey on their back? They just have to win a cup in order to, you know, start building their legacy. Oh, it's such a good question. It's hard not to think about Matthews versus McDavid there. Mm, just because right. they both, like, it's crazy to think that these guys have been around for as long as they have now. Right. Like, I feel like we're mm-hmm. still looking at McDavid and Matthews in their infancy, but we're not, like, mm-hmm. not even close. I think it has to be one of them, though, because they both play yeah. in these crazy big markets. Yeah. There's a ton of pressure. I do think the pressure is different, though. Mm-hmm. Um it's like team versus individual. So it's like, yeah, like, you know. like I do, there's more pressure on the Leafs to win a cup, but I do think for McDavid, it's, it's becoming this thing where it's like, this guy's on pace for like 70 goals or whatever it is this year. He runs away with the scoring race every year. He's so dynamic and amazing on his own, but it's like, he's starting to get that Ovechkin, mm-hmm. uh, like, like, um, footnote of like okay but right. can you win like yeah you make right. the players around him better like i don't care what anyone says Sidney crosby has turned good players into great players like yeah. you can try to convince me like oh this player would have been a superstar with like no crosby gets some credit for some mm-hmm. of the guys that he's played with being unbelievable over the years connor um, sherry <laughs> yeah like and like everyone always says, oh, it's it's easy to play with Crosby. No, actually, like it's not easy to play with those guys. I actually talked to Mike Sullivan about this last year, not to go on a tangent, but I was like, is this a dumb question? Like, what does it take to play with Crosby? Is it hard? And he was like, no, it actually it takes a certain specific type of player, especially for Crosby. Yeah, so you have to be able to make little two foot passes in traffic. With, in he's like, you have to be able to make the play, find the play, and make the play in the chaos to play with Mm -hmm. Crosby because he loves playing down low. He likes to just make little like big plays out of nothing. And so when he said that to me, I was like, I agreed with him. I was like, I don't think anyone can play with Crosby. I think it takes a certain level of hockey sense and a a very specific type of skill. But anyways, that's just me. 
No, it's a, it's a great point. And, and I think in like today's NHL and even in the past, it's so, it's so few and rare where you have a player who makes everyone else around him better and can yeah. kind of elevate them. Like the only guy I've seen <clears throat> do it in recent you know years has been Panarin. Um, I, I just feel like his vision is, is out of this world. And like you even saw it the other night when he passed it to Heedle for that OT winner, it's like, when he made that pass, I was like, oh my God, what are you doing? And then he like sees the vision that nobody else can see. And it's just unreal. He is an assist machine. Like yeah. it's wild. And I don't know, like I'm sure in, you know, I don't know if you guys call this Rangers nation, but I'm sure like for Rangers fans. <laughs> I don't even it, know if we have anything like that. It's like <laughs> the blue shirt, blue shirt. It gets enough hype, but like, I would say like on a national level, like I don't know how often I see people talking about Panarin's playmaking ability and the way that he can dish the puck, but um to go back to the original question i am gonna say there's more pressure on Connor mcdavid mm -hmm. only because he is for most people the best player in the world if you're talking strictly offense i would say everyone would say that he is the most dominant he's the most dominant player sure. in yeah. the yeah. nhl in terms of offense he might you could probably make the case that Connor mcdavid is one of, if not the most dominant offensive player in North American sports. Yeah. Like I like bring me somebody that dominates their league on an offensive from That's an offensive question. standpoint. I, I don't know. I'm sure there's people out there that know more about the NBA that could probably bring mm -hmm. someone to the table yeah. for me. But I think right now you can make the case for McDavid. And because of that, I think he he needs to start getting some championships to add mm -hmm. to his trophy case because at the end of the day, it's all about did you win? Especially yeah. on that team too, because the I'm, other great Gretzky, Messier, they've all done it, you know. So yeah, and we're still not giving McDavid MVP, right? <laughs> I think you. I think you. <laughs> I, oh, it's so hard. Like I think you have to give McDavid MVP if he if he separates himself from the rest of the playing field mm. the way that it looks like he will, and yeah. if the Oilers stay in a playoff spot. Mm. If you if your team is not in the playoffs, like I am, a you know this. Because I know this, this is going to be talked about all year long. <laughs> like for me, you can win MVP if you're not on a playoff team, but you better be a country fucking mile ahead of everybody yeah. else in whatever category it is that you're dominating offensively. Because otherwise it's like, you can't be 17 points out of a playoff spot at the end of the year mm -hmm. and yeah. win the goal scoring race by three goals. And then it's like, okay, well we're going to give Tate Thompson MVP. Like, he just doesn't – if Dave Thompson's going to win MVP, he has to be, like, eight or nine goals ahead of the next person if the Sabres are going to be eight points out of a playoff spot. At least mm. that's how I sort of, like, yeah. want to it. I yeah. completely agree. I know. Are we going to talk about the Jimmy VC angle from last night? Yeah, it was, was nasty. disgusting. Disgusting. Did you, did you guys see Sheldon Keefe's post-game comment? No. no. What do you say? Okay, so I saw it this morning. I To be fair – I have not visually seen the video. So maybe there's context missing. I want to mm -hmm. throw that out there just in case. But I guess someone asked him, Luke Fox tweeted it. Um, you know, Sheldon Keefe asked about Jimmy VC scoring two goals against his former team. And Keefe goes, are we done? And then the scrum ended. Like refused to even comment on it. Wow. And I was like, why are you so mad, Sheldon? Like, is it because you called Jimmy VC vanilla? And then yeah. – <laughs> Score two goals against your team, and Johnny that, didn't even know he played for the Leafs. I, I, I called him out on it. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was like twenty-five games. Thirty games. It wasn't yeah, like yeah. He was the guy in the. There was a documentary on Amazon Prime where there's. Oh a, yeah, yeah, with uh, Will Arnett. 
Yeah. yeah. So there's this all or nothing it's called mm-hmm. where Sheldon Keith has a conversation with BC and tells him that his game is too vanilla. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, BC's dad struggled, but like, you know, there, it was a bit of a story, right? Yeah. So, yeah. um, for him to come out and have a revenge game, like I'm a Leafs fan, but I love narratives like that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, good for you, man. Like, Stick it to them. I love it. Listen, I am a believer that like there's um there's like an fu flow oh, yeah. that you can tap into totally. as an athlete, and if yeah. you have some players have that in their game all the time. It's what makes mm-hmm. Brad Marchand is like a guy like he has a lot of fu in his game. I think Mike Rupp is the first person to like frame it this way to me, and I was like, oh, that's good. I'm I like that. Yeah, and that's good. When you you gotta think of a way to say it on TV though. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I think Rucker might know. I think he found a different way to say it, but like that's his <laughs> thing. It's like yeah. he has a lot of FU in his game. And I think obviously last night for BC, he probably did. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. probably money on the board too. Uh, I bet. Um, but all right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I only have one more for you. Um, and it's, it is an interesting topic. Uh, it was just announced pretty recently. The cap's only getting raised by a million dollars next year and that's obviously going to be so hard on so many teams so i'm really curious what do you think goes into a league-wide decision like that especially when the money uh with the cap in general has been so tight the past few years obviously because of covid and and such well i'm not an economics expert but but i think you know i think it's hard and i think it's part of the reason that we're seeing kind of the state that the league is in right now. Like, mm. I think there's a lot of cases to be made for why offense is up and why goal to save percentage is the lowest it's been in, I think, like six or seven years, yeah. something like that. I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, but in terms of the cap, it's just, I think it's kind of exposing people, like, who, in terms of front offices, is like, who can get the most creative and, and work through this right. as opposed to who is going to continue to make decisions that, don't really put your team in the best spot. Like you, there are no guarantees in sports or life. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people were like, oh man, we thought the cap would go up a lot more, but it's like, you can't operate based on projections or assumptions unless you're at the very start of a rebuild. Then you can, with certain players, you can try to project what they're going to be. But right. you know, like the JT Miller contract, right. Is a great example. Like did Vancouver really need to do that in the middle of sort of, you know, a situation where we're coming out of the pandemic, you kind of don't know exactly what you're going to have for the next couple of years. Right. And then, you, you know, you give JT Miller that contract full well knowing that you have other good players on your team that you, I would think probably want to try to sign. So yeah, um, yeah that's a great I, example. Yeah. Like, I just think it, you know, for me, there, like I said, like no guarantees. So mm-hmm. I think, certain front offices are finding ways to make the most of it and, and find players on the cheap that can produce for them and certain front offices that are going to have a really hard time. Like what are the Minnesota wild going to do? Like that's a team that is, you know, I think their buyouts of um, Suter and Parise were necessary evils, but, but the penalties for it. Yeah. Like that team is going to have a hard time you know, working through, working around all of that. But. Yeah. I, I mean, so many teams are going to have a hard time. Like the Canucks now might have to deal Besser. They might have to figure something out for Horvat. And even the Rangers. create more parity though. And right. do we like that? Right. And then like the Rangers are another team where they have three really young kids who are all going to be RFAs and Lafreniere, Kako and um, Keandre Miller. And it's like, 
they might have to make a decision on one of those guys. And it's, it's, you know, it's tough when it comes down to situations like that. So I feel like so many teams are going to be presented with these really hard decisions come this off season. And I think too, you know, call it parody or call it whatever. I feel like the gap between the really great teams Mm -hmm. and the good teams this year is, is smaller, I guess. Like, I feel like the top tier of teams in the NHL, like how many would you be like, these teams are a a mile ahead of everybody else. It's because they're not letting the, they're not letting Tampa manipulate the LIT, LTIR, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but there's a lot, like there's a lot of teams that are rebuilding and going through a lot at the bottom. And then your middle tier is huge. Mm -hmm. So I feel like from a standing standpoint and from a fan standpoint, it's fun and it's exciting because you feel like your team can be in it longer and, you know, a team like uh, Pittsburgh can lose seven in a row and then go on an absolute tear. Or yeah, they're on a heater right now. A lot of a lot of we've seen a lot of streaks, right? I think that's indicative of kind of what I'm talking about. With like, yeah, there's really only a couple of real, true upper echelon teams mm-hmm. in the NHL. I forget where I was going with all this. It had something <laughs> to do with the salary cap, but I have completely lost my train of thought on my like off tangent. Um, mm-hmm. What was I trying to say? <laughs> There was a point, I swear. Um, well, I'll I'll jump in here because it looks like Cody's got something to take care of. But uh, a lot of your you okay? Yeah, no, I'm good. My my, uh, you know, the doormen don't don't uh, they don't stop pushing the buzzer sometimes. Hey. I remember uh, what I was gonna say is that okay. the teams. So let's take the Rangers for example, right? Mm-hmm. The teams that make the right decisions in terms of who to sign and to how much and who to try to maybe trade or deal or whatever like i think those teams if the teams that can succeed in this little pocket are mm. going to thrive for a while just because of the situation that they're putting totally. themselves in. and the teams mm. that make the wrong decisions might feel it for a while so i don't know i guess we'll see but again i the cap forget about it i don't mm. even try to be a cap expert <laughs> it's like i'm not like this is not my strength i'm not yeah. a cap person yeah i'm cap friendly I understand the basics, and that's about it. That's me too on this show, Cody's. No front office in my history, right? (laughs) Or in my future. Yeah. So I only have like two more, and I promise I'll try to keep it to two because usually two turns into five for me. But I'll I'll start with this one. A lot of your job is you know having to come up with storylines, right? Like you have to create that conversation, create the narrative. So for you right now in the NHL this season. What would you say is either like the most overhyped story that, you know, maybe it's not as cool or as fun as it seems or the most underhyped story? Because there is a lot, you know, like we talk about not having so many elite teams, but like, you know, Linus Olmark is on fucking fire. And I feel like no one's talking about it really that much, you know. So like, what would you say is not being talked about enough or is talked about too much? Um, I did put Linus Allmark in my Is top it Linus? Five. It's Linus? Linus, yeah. Linus. Linus Allmark, who I did put in my top five. I saw that. Mm-hmm. Some people did not like that because Connor Hellebuck has been insane for the Jets. Um, mm. I think his goal saved above expected might be number one in the NHL. At least it was like a I think it's Vemelka on Arizona. Yeah. Right now. I mean, teams are getting Vemelka. Like, what are you going to do? Mm. But I think in terms of an underhyped story, and we're in the States, so maybe that's probably part of it. But I think this team kind of gets overlooked even in Canada is the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, the Winnipeg Jets are winning a ton of games. Connor Hellebuck has, I keep calling them Pelly and the Jets. I don't know if you guys <laughs> have a good name to it. But no, that's I really good. Want, that's good. I really want it to be Get a you. thing. Um, and Josh Morrissey on the back end has been mm. lights out 
for the Winnipeg Jets. He's somewhere, I think he's second in even strength points to Carlson and maybe third overall in points. I think it might go Carlson, Darlene, Morrissey. I'm not, I'm a little foggy on that, but he's yeah. up there. And who saw that coming? Like, would you have had Josh Morrissey a third of the way into the season, kind of putting himself into the Norris Trophy conversation? Yeah. I highly yeah. doubt it. And how many people are talking about him? People are talking about Carlson. People are talking about Darlene, deservedly so. But I think that that's something that's probably underhyped right now. And because I said Helly and the Jets, I have to throw this at you guys too. When Savannah uh, Jad was playing with a couple of the kids, I kept calling him Papa Mika on the show. I was like, I just want them to stay together so I can call him Papa Mika like forever. Uh, um, but oh. Well, I want to throw a name in, in your heart conversation there. Okay. Um, this guy's been tearing it up, and Johnny and I have talked about him quite often as of recent. Tage Thompson. Oh, we. Oh, I think you were answering the door. TNT. <laughs> no. Yeah. We we Dynamite. I am. I am leading the Tage Thompson campaign. I comment on all. Yeah, Jackie I shit. mean Tage Thompson. <laughs> He's been no, great. I, if you so if you not to like self promote, but if you go look at the heart rankings that I did, this is like I think it was last Friday, so it's been mm -hmm. a week. Um, so, and Tage Thompson's put up a lot of goals since I put that post up. Uh -huh. <laughs> Thanks for that, Tage. So many of the comments are just, I guess Tage Thompson doesn't exist. Where's Tage Thompson? Where's Tage yep. Thompson? Where's Tage Thompson? Like that's basically half of the comments are about Tage Thompson. It'll so I don't think you guys are alone. I think people mm -hmm. are obviously on notice. The guys put himself on the map, but, um, I, I definitely think he's the MVP of the Sabres. Yeah. Or, I'm I'm going to keep trolling you about it all year. Just so you know, like you won't be alone. You won't be alone. <laughs> I actually respond. I'm trying to do a better job responding to people online. Uh, and so I responded to a bunch of people yesterday and I was just like, listen, if Buffalo is fighting for a playoff spot, I'll put them in there. Like yeah. that's it. At the that's when fair. I read that, they were eight points out of a playoff spot. Mm. Uh, I can't put them in there over guys that are on um, playoff teams that are, that are, producing like you want to come at me about mitch marner we can have that debate maybe marner shouldn't be in there but if i take marner out i'm probably putting like kucherov or yeah. pasternak or someone like that in there i'm not gonna i'm not gonna put a, a player that's not on a playoff team but mm. he you want to talk about most fun to watch in the nhl he's definitely in my top five for sure so and I wanna... top five guys just to watch strictly on entertainment value right now mm. who would you put in there I would put Thompson. I think Kaprizov's up there for me. I Kaprizov's love watching up there. Kaprizov's up there. You know, Johnny, you know I love Kachuk, so I'd have to put him up yeah. there, Matthew. Um, Makar is always in there for me. Makar's um, there. You're biased. Like, yeah, no. This is, I mean, this is, a, this is a hard question, though. Like, it's it's tough. I, I mean, I mean, I, I, watch a lot of hockey. I know I said it before, but like, I would put Igor up there. I, I think when, when he, like, some of the saves he makes is just like next level. Um, like he did that split the other the other night. Uh, what when was it, Johnny? Against Maybe Colorado, like, no. Yeah, and it was it was insane. He like I actually I'll give one that's like very unbiased because it's the Islanders, and I've said this for a long time. I love watching Matt Barzal play. Yeah. I think he's like the yeah, prettiest skater awesome. in the league. Like like oh, as far whoa, as like whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, no, prettiest skater. Area, did you yeah, say yeah. prettiest skater in the league? Yeah, I did. John I did. Johnny for a long time we would troll him <laughs> because he said Lafreniere was the prettiest skater in the league. <laughs> yeah, it's not true. Vince Mercagliano destroyed him. It was great. Oh, was no great. way. Okay. Oh, yeah. Rightfully so. But, Jackie, I want to end on a fun one because, okay. you know, I, in my experience, I'm, like, kind of new to the, you know, on-air stuff. But last year during our playoff show, I spilled an entire cup of water all over my pants, looked like Billy Madison 
when he like does the pee his pants thing and did a whole show like that. Yeah. So do you have any funny stories where, you know, let's say something happened prior to recording and you just have to battle with the adversity and get through the show or any funny like live on air shit that we wouldn't really see uh, from watching on TV? Oh my gosh. It's so hard to answer because I feel like I do stupid shit. Like <laughs> I, I have spilled a coffee like 30 seconds to air all over the studio. Uh -huh. um i just the other day i i bought these uh roasted edamame like snack whatever and i'm sitting okay. there eating and we're getting ready to go on and i literally dropped the bag and it was like <laughs> roasted edamame everywhere but in terms of like doing things on the air um man i've done so many i had a lot <laughs> i lost my shit on the air one time this is in canada i'm working at the score i used to do this like it was called Live at the Score. Mm -hmm. It was a two-hour-long talk show. We covered all sports. And I worked with a hilarious man named Camp Stewart. Um, he's a great follow. If you're into gambling, he is like, that's his specialty. And he's been doing it since before it was cool, <laughs> I guess. Because mm -hmm. he was doing this. And like he was our gambling expert in like 2012, 2013. Oh, wow. But I was working with him. And, and he was making his picks. And I always had a red hot dog in the night so it had to be an underdog uh -huh. and he's going through his picks and he's like making like animal sounds for like what <laughs> the team was uh, yeah and i just uh, like for whatever reason like i lost it like he did like, a wildcat and he was like <sighs> and oh, i God. just start laughing my ass off <laughs> to the amazing. point that i could not sorry i was giving my pick and he sorry. started making like sounds mm -hmm. and i think i was talking about like the devils and the panthers maybe whatever i'm making my pick <laughs> and he like does an animal sound and then i'm trying to speak but i'm laughing so hard that i can't like i have tears i like can't even regain mm -hmm. myself and i say devils and he's like devils he's like just <laughs> going crazy beside me That's so amazing. i get to my pick but i'm laughing so hard that i almost inside i was like i don't know if i'm gonna be able to get myself together and go mm -hmm. to break. like i still have the clip somewhere i post it every once in a while to be like this is one of my favorite moments ever um but yeah i'm just like losing my mind and it was very clear yeah. that i just couldn't stop laughing like <laughs> i broke and it was over for me and he just would not let up so that's probably like it's not embarrassing but it's kind of funny no yeah that's it's pretty that's good. good it's pretty good and, and now oh, i actually have a great one i'm sorry i have, <laughs> no, 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 no. I have an all timer okay uh -huh. and then i i will stop rambling on and on um okay so i work at nhl network but we are in the same build like i i'm on an mlb network contract if that makes sense they mm -hmm. own and operate NHL yeah. Network. so one of my first summers there um they started putting me on showcase games in the summer which was awesome i was like working with bob costas i was doing sideline reporting it was great so I'm doing a Mets game. I don't even remember who they were playing. But in the half inning, I had to go over to the other other dugout and interview the manager. Mm -hmm. So I have a producer with me. We <laughs> go over there. It's like literally one question and then get back to your – they had like a little carved out spot for you beside the dugout. Yeah. So right. I go over. I ask the question. We wrap it. I'm like, oh, my God. I see it's Marcus Stroman on the mound, right? I'm like, oh, my God. Do we have time to get over there? And oh the God. producer is already almost over to the other side. Like, he, like, bolted uh -huh. without me. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, do I have time? Because I'm panicking. Mm. He's like, yeah, yeah, you have time. Gentlemen, I did not have time. <laughs> I fucking delayed the game. Like, I, you, 
you can see <laughs> you me run behind a plate. on home plate yeah. and all you hear is Bob Costas go, and there goes Jackie. <laughs> I'm literally running behind the thing. We get over there. The whole team in the dugout is like, what are you doing? And like, I'm pretty sure Strowman was like legit frustrated with me. And I was like, I'm so sorry. But Twitter like had a field day with it. This was like oh, five sure. minutes ago probably. But yeah, it was gift. I'm in heels. I'm like running behind the plate. And it's just like the caption on the gif is there goes Jackie being a massive baseball fan that's incredible I never thought (laughs) that I would have Bob Costas call play-by-play of Jackie Redmond and Uh, I can put that on my on my bucket list not that for life that is true and I I just have to ask now if you have time for just like one little quick yeah yeah, go for it I can I can be late for my meeting it's fun (laughs) the first time let me tell you well I just have to ask now because you know you tell a story like that is there any like NHL you know player sideline where you were like just kind of left like oh my god like what, what did i just yeah. say or like what like what just happened um not like what did i just oh i one time see i now that we're talking i got tons yeah. my first year <laughs> i had this segment that i wanted to do anytime i was on location i wanted to do rapid fire questions at the end of every interview and there was like stupid shit like what's your favorite tv show mm. uh what's something mm. you're bad at um, what's your pet peeve like just dumb stuff to see what yeah. i would get out of these guys fun stuff fun stuff fun stuff so I go and uh, I go to interview Matt Barzell and <laughs> oh, it's so funny. So whatever I do the interview, have a great interview. Like he actually like watched a reality show that I was on in Canada, like a long time ago. So whatever answer's great. Right. I go, like, get to the rapid fire part. And I don't remember what the question was. Let's say it was like, what's your pet peeve or whatever. I asked the question he's answering. And then I go, what's your pet peeve? And he goes, you literally just asked him. Like I asked him the same question back to back because I like lost where I was and didn't realize that I had already asked it. Yeah. I like we were dying after. And then Islanders fans obviously were all over me for it. Mm. It was live? It wasn't live, but oh. we left it in because our show loves that shit. So uh-huh. we left it in and we aired it because we thought it was so funny. But Which he just deadpans me and he's like, you literally just asked me that. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. That's I'm great. just going to see myself out now. <laughs> this is so <laughs> That's good stuff. Uh, but uh, well, Jackie, yeah. this was amazing. Um, we would love to have you on again uh, anytime. You're welcome. Yeah. This, this was great. And sorry for making you late. You guys are awesome. I will come on anytime. And I promise for all the Rangers fans listening that we're like, you barely talked about the Rangers. We can come on and strictly talk Rangers <laughs> next time. All, all right. We'll hold you to it. Okay. Thank you, Jackie. You're the best. Yeah. Bye. Talk to you soon. We want to thank our good friend, Jackie Redmond for coming on. Always fun talking to her. Probably the best there is when it comes to hockey media and just, you know, having fun with the game. So really happy she was able to come on. Cody, I know it's your favorite part of the show. Do you want well, to do the draft? Yes, but also I was going to say Jackie is a lovely person. Yes. Um, she also has my wife's name, so obviously, you know, mm-hmm. I, bonus points for her. But uh, mm-hmm. that being said, we have a really good draft today, time of the season. So it is going to be what are your favorite three holiday movies? I will give you first pick because you okay. always suck at this. So, yep. you know, you have some extra time to think. So go for it. So mine's actually, and I have this on the top of my head, mine's actually a newer one. Okay. And I don't know how people feel about it, but I think it's fucking hilarious. And it's The Night Before with Seth I, Rogen. I'm out. I'm out. Why? I'm out. You don't like that movie? That was literally my fucking pick. Oh, really? Rick. I love oh that movie. Oh, my gosh, dude. That I movie. Love that movie. 
The scene where he's my, in the nativity I'm scene so, and he's talking to I'm the deer. I'm so mad you just said that. You have no idea. I was like, I'm so excited. I'm going to say the night before with my second pick, and it's going to be such a classic. And I thought you were going to be like, oh, I've never seen it. And I was going to be like, dude, you have to see it. So, mm-hmm. fun fact, I saw that movie, like, I don't know, when it, when it came out in theaters, a little, uh, you know, I was a little It was uh, at least baked. six years ago. Yeah, and uh, it was, I don't think I've ever laughed as hard at a movie in my entire life i think i think that's like number one mm-hmm. like there was just every every single scene like seth rogan joseph gordon levitt together were an elite combo and then anthony mackie just on top because he's pretty funny too like that was just that was awesome yeah i fucking love that movie like literally the scene where he is like tripping balls in the nativity scene like talking Unreal. like i'm spencer <laughs> i was like yeah cracks me up. also um oh my gosh why is her name escaping me from mean girls um oh my gosh oh she's yeah she's uh, uh she's in hot tub time machine also she's in so much stuff uh yeah, lizzie kaplan uh, lizzie kaplan uh, yeah she was uh she was really good in it too mm-hmm. um but anyways all right that was a good one for Thank my you. first pick mm-hmm. gotta go with the classic but i'm going with eight crazy nights oh yeah that's a good one that's that is a classic um mm-hmm. yeah it's a good movie i fucking love that movie i wish mm-hmm. they would do another one but I don't know if maybe they'll ruin it. All right, let me go with my second pick. I was going to say, if you say my second pick too, I'm just, let's just end it. Well, I'm just going to go based on childhood. Um, Like Elf is obviously up there, but like, I'm not going to, I don't want to say Elf. It's like so basic and obvious. Like that is like hands down the best Christmas movie. I don't think anyone can argue that. Like, yeah, but I think I've seen it just too many times. So I don't want to use that, Mm -hmm. but it had to, it had to be said. Um, I'm going with the Santa Claus two. The Tim Allen movies, I like the second one a lot. Santa Claus, they actually just made like a Disney Plus Santa Claus series. Like, oh, really? Yeah, with Tim Allen, like they got them all back on Disney oh, Plus. No I haven't watched it. We like started it for like five minutes and then got distracted and never watched it again. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's good. Um, this is tough. Um, okay, so you're going with Santa Claus two. Yeah. Okay. Um. I'm going to go with the classic one, too, and I'm going to go with Deck the Halls. Never seen it. Wow, with Danny DeVito? Got to see never it. Seen it. Really yeah, never seen it. Really funny. Really funny. I'm, like, blanking on, on holiday movie. It's, it's any right. holiday movie or it's, like, Any Christmas? holiday movie. Any holiday movie. You could say Die Hard if you want. Die Hard's a holiday movie? There's a huge debate in life about really? if Die Hard's a Christmas movie or not because it always would come out over Christmas. Um, fun fact, but. I might need you to go third here. Oh, I might need man. another second to think. Okay. Um. I feel like I've been going with funny ones, um, but you know what? I, <laughs> this one's actually pretty good, and it's it's another classic, and mm-hmm. it's you know it's a little bit more mature. But I am gonna go with Bad Santa, mm. Billy Bob Thornton. But mm-hmm. also, we have one. a guest appearance, and my wife wants us to go with the holiday. Never seen the holiday. What's Me that? neither. I don't think. <laughs> but that is that is her choice. Okay, um, it's a 2006 film with Cameron Diaz and Jude Law. So Johnny and I, I will it. certainly watch that next. Yeah, I actually watched. I'll I'll give this one because I watched it last week. Four Christmases I watched for the first time. Um, I don't know if I watched that. Oh, Vince Vaughn, great movie. Uh, I watched it on oh, Thursday you know what? night. Wait a second, what's that about? It's Vince Vaughn and Reese Witherspoon. They like. Go to their, I guess they're like both their parents are divorced. So they go to all four. Different all, okay. I've watched Christmas. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good yeah, one. It, was pretty, it was pretty funny. I'll, I'll give that one. Um, I really, I'm like blanking on any, any other hot. Well, that's it. Are there any Thanksgiving movies? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't counting things. I was really counting like Christmas and Christmas Hanukkah. time, Hanukkah. It, yeah, like Halloween. Is there a Halloween one? Like, I don't even know. Like, dude, Halloween Town. Come on. Oh, I guess there's a lot. There's That's a shit a ton classic. of classic. There's a lot um, of good Halloween ones, man. I guess Home Alone Two would also be. I think that's. I was a thinking of Home Alone. I yeah. was thinking of Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think that's it for the draft. That was that was pretty good. I'm I'm yeah. still a little Way better than our last one. Our last one sucked. <laughs> yeah, but I can't believe you said the night before, man. I know. I love that movie. Uh, but yeah. Anyways, this week the Rangers only have two games. They have the Penguins on Tuesday and then the Islanders on Thursday, I believe. So, what are your predictions for these games? I might actually go to that Islanders game. I'm still trying to decide. I got to figure it out when nice. I'm going back to Long Island for Christmas and stuff. Um, my predictions Tuesday against the Penguins. Pittsburgh's been fucking hot lately. Hot. Um, I think I'm almost positive they're on. Let me just double check this. Last time I saw they were on a seven-game winning streak. They they were adjacent four. to us, and then they won one more. Yes. Yeah, they're on a seven-game heater right now. And they're playing yeah. Carolina as we're talking. So, uh, they're buzzing right now. It's in Pittsburgh. We kind of know Igor gets a little rattled there. I, I, I do think Pittsburgh wins this game, and I'm going to say 3-1. to one. I like that prediction. Um, I do think they're going to have a tough time in this game, mm-hmm. especially because Pittsburgh's playing really hot, but we're playing hot too. Uh, I want us to win. I want to say we will win, but I, I'm going to go with a Pittsburgh win 4-3 to three in overtime. In overtime. Who's so the overtime a- hero? We get a point out of it. Uh, who's the overtime hero? I mean, I guess I'll just say Jake Gensel because that guy kills us. Um, mm. And then we got the Islanders, and I feel like our luck will finally turn against them this year. We'll finally have a good game. Igor, let's hope he has a good game. Um, and I am going to go with a 2-1 to one win. Okay, so you have the Rangers win. Oh, no, you have them losing in overtime, you said? Yeah, yeah. Losing in overtime, winning, and then in regulation, but getting points out of, it's like 12 out of, 13 out of 14, as long as they beat the Hawks, which we don't know. Mm-hmm. The Islanders have been a weird team. I'm going to say the Rangers win also, and I'm going to say four to two. Okay, okay. Um, and that's really it. And then we got Christmas next weekend, so you guys won't hear from us until Christmas or till after Christmas, so. You know, I don't, do you have any final thoughts? I want to say just happy Christmas, Merry Christmas to everybody celebrating. Merry and Christmas, happy Hanukkah. happy Hanukkah. And, uh, you know, I hope you all get to celebrate with your loved ones. And, yes, yeah, stay tuned. We're going to have some more great guests lined up uh, in the coming weeks and months. And we also have a cool, uh, few cool segments, like, lined up that we want to try out. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to it. And uh, LFGR, baby. Love you all. Happy holidays. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.